the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith, where the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and the challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we will begin a brand new series. That's right. We're starting a brand new series tonight, and it's entitled The Ten Disturbing Claims of Christ. These 10 claims of Christ will either draw you or drive you from Christ. But it is our hope that they will draw you to Christ. These 10 claims of Christ were so disturbing to the religious leaders of his day that they wanted to kill him. These 10 claims of Christ even today still disturb all the false religions and cults of the world who do not know the historic Jesus of the Bible. So we're going to learn about these 10 disturbing claims of Christ and much, much more. So stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, wonderful, challenging introduction. We want to thank everybody out there in in this radio land of ours uh, for joining us for another edition of Contending for the faith, and we trust that you're going to be blessed and encouraged by our program tonight and this new series. You know, when it comes to Christianity, um, I think we have a wrong perspective uh, on life. We, uh, especially in many of our churches, uh, we interpret the benefits of life by people knowing just the love of God or being blessed by God or the benefits of just um, increasing in our finances and so forth. But the greatest need of man is to escape the wrath of God poured out on sinners in an eternal hell. And so the question is, what sends people to hell. You say sin, and I say not just sin alone. It is people not being forgiven of their sins that sends them to an eternal hell separated from God. So man's greatest need today is to escape and move himself from this first thing of hell and then to the second place which is heaven. You notice those two H's? Either you're going to be driven to this place of hell or, secondly, to this other H, which is heaven. The choice is yours. And when we come to this wonderful chapter of Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, we're learning about a powerful ministry life of Jesus Christ, where he 
literally heals a paralytic man who cannot walk, cannot move. And we have so many people in our world today or like that today. They may not get a direct healing, but one day they will when they stand before God in eternity. So in this chapter, we learn something very interesting. Uh, We learn some principles that can help us to deal with everyday life and everyday experiences. But above all, we learn about who Jesus really is because he was not just an ordinary man, but he was the God-man. And this chapter, you know, Mark chapter 2, talks about the God-man who sympathized with our humanity, but at the same time, he did something beyond just the humanity and was able to literally shake up the people of his day, the religious leaders, and all those people that were around him. You know, probably about 99%, between 95 to 99% of a lot of Jesus' teaching was to really get in the face of those religious leaders because they didn't understand who he was nor uh, his mission and message. They didn't know anything about that because they were not born again. And so this story here is about Jesus coming back to Capernaum, uh, his hometown. And here he is in a home preaching the Word of God. And it's so crowded that People can't get in to hear what Jesus is trying to say and what he's preaching to them. And so we have these four men who come with a man on a pallet, and they are determined to get in to Jesus, but they realize that they can't enter into the front entrance because there's people all over. So they say, well, let's be smart about this thing and let's go up on top of the roof. <laughs> you know, when you really want to get to Jesus, you're going to get to him. I don't care who you are and what you are. If you have a heart after God, you'll get to him. You know, if you have, you're praying for your parents to come to know the Lord, they'll get to him. You're praying for your children, they'll get to him. You're praying for yourself, you'll get to him. You're praying for that center man, that center woman out there, they'll get to him if they have a heart after him, like these men were determined to get this man to Jesus. Now, one of the things that's so interesting here that was very disturbing was that Jesus not only killed this man, but he also forgave him of his sins. This is the first disturbing uh claim of Jesus Christ. We find here that Jesus in this book, in Mark chapter 2, he says, your sins are forgiven you. And they said, who can forgive sins but God alone, God only? Well, that's right. (laughs) That's right. This This is a chapter on the deity of Christ, because Only God could forgive sins, and that was true, because when you look at the history of the Jews and the history of the Old Testament Bible, 
God dealing with the Jews. He said it over and over and over. For instance, if you look in Exodus chapter 34 and verses 6 through 7, and God introduces himself as the one who forgives iniquity and transgressions of sin. You look at uh, Nehemiah 9 and 17. He says, you are the God of forgiveness. And then we see in Isaiah 43 and 25 that I, even I, says God, I am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my sake and will not remember your sins no more. So the Jews had been conditioned from the Old Testament that God is the only one that forgives sins. No one else could do it but God. Only God has that prerogative to forgive sins. So here comes Jesus, you know, and he introduces himself. They were introduced to God, the Father, in the Old Testament. Here is God, the Son, in the New Testament, saying that I can do the same thing that God the Father did in the Old Testament because I'm God the Son. We are equal in nature and essence and being. And so this was disturbing to the religious leaders because, wait a minute now, we have been taught from our Old Testament scriptures, from the Old Testament, that only God forgives sin. Now, isn't this interesting that Jesus... Uh, in his ministry, forgives people's sins over and over and over again. But not only that, but the writers in the New Testament says that we confess in 1 John 1 and 9, we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Who is the he? That's Jesus. Throughout the New Testament, it says Jesus has the power and authority to forgive sins. Now, I want to meddle with this word authority for a minute. Listen to this. Jesus had, number one, the authority over all kinds of disease and sicknesses. Number two, he has authority over the demons. Number three, he had authority over Mother Nature. You know, you remember when he was on the Sea of Galilee with the disciples and he just, they woke him up and he got in front of the the boat and said, be still, told Mother Nature to be still. And they said, what manner of man is this who can speak to the winds and sea? And they listened to him. Well, the disciples didn't even believe he was God at that time. What manner of man? They should have said, "What man? this is the God man, not what manner of man is it? They still thinking that he's just a man. That's what is wrong with the religions of the world today. This is what is wrong with the cults today. This is what is wrong with the humanity as a whole. They want to accept Jesus just as a man, just as a prophet, but not as God incarnate in the flesh. Jesus not only had authority over all sicknesses and diseases, but he had authority over demons. He had authority over Mother Nature. He had authority in the realm of even the area of the forgiveness of sin. Only God could do that. That's why it says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. 
and the Word was made flesh, verse 14, and dwelt among us. This was a disturbing claim of Jesus that he can forgive sins too. He has the power. That's what he talks about in Mark 2. I have the power to forgive sins too. And the scribes were disturbed by this and responded by saying, who can forgive sins but God alone? You are right. The scribes are right. Don't you know this? Say this to your Jehovah's Witnesses, people that you're talking to, and all the cults and people who don't believe that Jesus is God. Take them to Mark chapter 2. We always go to the Johannian Gospel, right, John? Show that Jesus is God. Well, you can. You have another chapter you can go to now, Mark 2, because it talks about the deity of Christ too. And here in this chapter, the religious leaders confirmed the deity of Christ. That's why they wanted to kill him every time he claimed to be God. They, the Jews were the first to start a rock concert. Every time Jesus claimed to be God, they wanted to rock his world. Jesus is God. That's why they say, who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, that was a true statement because the Jews had been taught in the Old Testament as as children and teenagers and adults in the synagogue, their life, that God alone, who was the only one who could forgive sin. So the act of Jesus forgiving sin was disturbing. And this was this is disturbing today, too. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus did it, and it makes him God. So let me say this in conclusion. Stop going to the priest for forgiveness, because he can't forgive you of your sins. Stop believing in reincarnation, because that is not going to help you neither. Stop believing in purgatory. That's not going to help you neither. Stop believing in the religions of the world, that works will get you into the kingdom of God and cults. Start believing in the one who can forgive sins alone. Notice it says that who can forgive sins but God alone. This is exclusive to all the religions and all the cults in the world. Who can forgive sins but God alone? That is true statement. Don't believe in anything but Jesus and I want to challenge you tonight, my friend, if you don't know him, and you will not escape the wrath of God, his eternal punishment upon you, if you die and go to hell without your sins forgiven. If you don't know him right now, recognize the three, take advantage of these three R's. Say right now, the first R, I recognize that I'm a sinner. The second R, I repent of my sin, turn from it. And the third R, I receive you, Jesus, as my personal Lord and Savior, because the wrath of God came upon Jesus to escape you from the wrath of God. If you do not receive Jesus, then the wrath of God is upon you, and that will lead you to an eternal hell separated from God throughout eternity. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. 
And once again, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for contending for the faith. Without your diligent and faithful prayers, we could never have stayed on the air as long as we have. We also want to thank those who gave over the last week, Lucy and Keith, Lorraine, Jackie, Jim, and Kim. Thank you so much for your consistent partnering with us financially here at Contending for the Faith. We need your prayers as well as your giving, and it's so vital. It costs us 400 a week to stay on the air, so you know we really need your help to keep Contending for the Faith going. If this program has blessed you, we want you to consider partnering with us financially to keep this program on the air. And uh, we just want to encourage you that if you've listened to the program for the last 20 years, and if you haven't uh, had the opportunity to give, well, now's the time. If you've been blessed by the many, many, many programs that we have aired over the years, the many, many messages Dr. Buckner has prepared Uh, If God has used those messages to touch your life, you know, it's time to step up to the plate and hit a home run for Contending for the Faith. There's two ways you can donate. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or the easiest thing to do is go on your computer or your laptop to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. And away you go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity, Dr. Buck. Oh, by the way, before I forget, uh, next week we're going to be out of the studio. won't be a live broadcast, but we're going to bring you the best of Contending for the Faith, Dr. Buckner. We'll be visiting with his daughter and her husband, who will be flying in from Houston, Texas. And so he's going to spend some time, much-needed time with his family. Family time is important, and we all need to take a break and make sure those relationships are strong. And he's going to keep his family strong and his relationship with his daughter and son-in-law. Uh, we're going to, he's going to keep that relationship strong and going, going well. So we want to encourage him to have a great time away. But don't don't fret. You'll still be able to listen to the broadcast. You just won't be able to call in. But we're going to bring you the best of contending for the faith. So we'll be back in the studio uh, January 25th. So you can tune back in on that date. Call back in and uh, get your questions answered then. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for those announcements. And we want to thank everybody out there for praying for us and uh, also uh, supporting us as well and continue to do that because uh, in order for us to do what we're doing, you have to do what you need to do in the Lord as well. All right, uh, Brother Gary, let's get to some of our callers. All right, we're going to hit Sophia first tonight. Sophia, how are oh. you doing? Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for taking my call. Be very, very fast because I know a lot of people. Now, of course, I'm, oh, by the way, Dr. Buckley, you have helped me so much last week and then again today about how to speak to my Jewish uh, in-laws about about um, you know that, that there's so many you you gave me so many things to tell them about uh, uh, in the Old Testament and that's a big thing. So, but anyway, I'll talk really fast. So last week, so thank you for that. So last week I was talking about Paul and and Silas and they're going to Philippi, and so then there's this demon girl. It's Acts 16 and to 18, 
and they're going, and there's a demon-possessed slave girl, and she's following them, and so, so this is, and so they're going, and maybe there are a lot of people around Paul and Silas, so I'm wondering, my question is, let's say I was in the background, and I see, you know, all of the, you can't get to them, because they're so surrounded, but I see this girl, and I say, what's going on, okay? I say, what's the deal? Who are these people? She says, oh, and, I, and this I'm quoting from the Bible. These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Okay, so my question is, so I say to the girl, this is a, like a metaphor, I say to the girl, okay, like, spill the beans. That's an expression, spill the beans. It doesn't mean it's messy. So I say, spill the beans, tell me how to get saved. And they tell me. And I say, oh, and, and that's great, and you take God, and, and, and he was, uh, you know, crucified. And, and by the way, anyone listening, you better, you better get right with God, because there's no second chances. You will go to hell. Okay, so I, I go home, and I think I'm saved, because I say, okay. But then Paul says no, and he calls the demon out. So my question is, if we hear something from someone, in this case is a demon-possessed girl, or like I mentioned, my friend with Benny Hinn, he might be a very nice man, so I don't know anything about him. But if there is someone who is not really, uh, or Jehovah, they're not really, or I worry about Kanye, if, if, if I was saved by this demon girl, does it mean I'm not saved? Well, the thing is, is this, okay. So first of all, that uh, when we are dealing with uh, demon people and people being used by the enemy, Okay. The Bible always commands us to test the spirits by the spirit. So we are to test those spirits and see, in this case, this girl uh, is being used by the devil, but she's also being used by men to prostitute, but also to uh, sell also the principles of occultism because she was in divination. And uh, so demons also believe and tremble, as it tells us in James 2 and 19. So when they cry out and say, the, the, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation, it is interesting that in the Greek, the word is not the way, because the devil never uh, teaches that Jesus is the way. Uh, oh. So in the Greek... Uh, it is a way. It's it's uh, not the best translation. It is a way. So the devil is not going to ever confirm the gospel. So, But the demons believe and tremble. So when we test the spirits by the spirits, and we will know whether they represent God or not, and, uh, and when we know the Bible as well, when we know the Word of God, we're able to see false teachings. It's like I'm a bloodhound, spiritual bloodhound when it comes to uh, false teaching, and I know it immediately. And that's what Paul and Silas was able to do. They were able to pick up on this immediately because that spirit in that girl was not testifying with the spirit of the uh, the Holy Spirit. So they detected right off and they rebuked that spirit out of that girl. And one of the things that I always tell people from Ephesians two, Ephesians six rather, and twelve, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So our focus need to always be not on the person, 
but the spirit behind the person. And when we know the word of God, like Paul and Silas knew, they were able to testify to that spirit because that spirit didn't testify with their spirit and they were able to discern it too. Now here comes in the spirit of discernment because we got to have that. That's a spiritual gift in the body of Christ. They exercise not only knowing the word of God, but they exercise the spirit of discernment. So when we have the spirit of discernment, we're able to discern what is of God and not of God. And when you mention some various people names, you know, you're able to say, okay, does those people teaching match up to the word of God? I discern that it doesn't because you got to know the word of God and you got to be able to discern what is the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. That's what John talks about in his uh, epistle. He said, there is a spirit of truth and there is a spirit of error. Well, so we bring with it two things, knowing the word of God and also the spirit of discernment. Oh, I understand. So the Jehovah Witnesses, they come to my door all the time. So they'll talk about Jesus, but do they believe that Jesus is the Son of God? No, they don't. The, the Jehovah's Witnesses teach that Jesus was a lesser God and oh. uh, the, with a little g. That's why what they've done with the New World Translation against the Bible. See, everywhere in the Gospel of John, it teaches that Jesus is God with a capital G. What they have done with their New World Translation they have changed every capital G to a little g. Uh, wow. And that's blasphemy against the word of God. Wow. So the Jehovah Witnesses believe that Jesus was, when he, when he first came, before he came to the earth, he was Michael the archangel. When he came to the earth, he became a man, but not the God man. And then when he was resurrected, he became the angel Michael again. So they do not believe that Jesus wow. is, uh, you know, God. They believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel, the first and greatest creation of Jehovah God, who came to earth as a man, died and rose as a spirit, came back invisibly in 1914, and established his headquarters in Brooklyn, New York. That is not the Jesus of the Bible. That is a counterfeit Jesus. And that's why it's important for us to know what we believe and know why and be able to test the spirits and have the spirit of discernment and be able to ask those questions like, do you believe that Jesus is God, the Son, the second person of the Trinity? That's one way that you can cut through the chase and get right to the heart of where people stand. Oh, well, thank you so much. That made, that, I feel so much better now, because, and that's why we have to know the Word of God. So that's a good question. Right off the bat, you can, you can get rid of a lot of the people right then and there. Thank you so much, Dr. Buckner. And You're Brother welcome. Gary. You're welcome. God bless you. Take care. Thank you for you your too. question as well. Okie doke. All righty. We have enough time for the next uh, question. All right. We're going to go to Cece. You, he's been waiting patiently. Cece, how are you doing? Um, how you guys doing? We are truly blessed. How about yourself? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. All right. How do, how does the word speak to you tonight? Again, you just you just you just brought you just brought home a lot, and and I've had this conversation with people before, like you said, with the Jehovah Witnesses, and I've dealt with the Mormons, and you know, and like you said, a lot of people believe that Jesus is a man, and that he or he was a prophet, and they don't believe in him and being able to forgive sins. And I like how you laid that down, that if you don't believe on him, that the wrath of God is going to be upon you, and your sins won't be forgiven, 
and you'll be still spend eternity in hell. And a lot of pastors don't open their mouth to teach that. Yeah, that's so true. And one of the things that is the uh, really uh, the dividing line that separates us from the, all of the cults is that you have over 23 times in the Gospel of John where Jesus says that I am over 23 times. People need to make a note of that. Over 23 times, he uses the divine title, I am. I am the way. I am the bread of life. Uh, I am the true vine. And before Abraham was, I am. And so uh, when it comes to this divine title, keep this in mind, John 8 and 24. Make a note of that. Jesus said, if you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. For where I'm going, you cannot come. So is it important for us to believe in Jesus as God? He said it. He said, if you believe not that I am he, the word I am is a divine title for Jesus. If you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. Dr. Buckner didn't say that. That's what Jesus said. I'm quoting directly from John 8 and 24. That's what Jesus said. Thank you very much, and I also appreciate um, that um, that teaching you gave just now. It was a soundbite uh, teaching on the Jehovah Witness. You broke that down really, uh, really nicely. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm getting ready to teach a class at Gateway Seminary uh, on a full uh, six, eight weeks. I'll be dealing with uh, Jehovah Witnesses, teaching the students, as well as the Mormons, the Nation of Islam, and the Black Hebrew Israelites. So uh, I've been studying this stuff over 50 years, so been at it for a long time. So uh, it's a blessing that God has given me the knowledge and wisdom that I do have. I thank him for that. And you, and you have that. Amen. Wait, how, many, how many years did you say? Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, sorry I cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, remember uh, Gary and I teased about this. Um, we're uh, we're both Benjamin Buttons, and so the fifty years is that. But you know, we're like in our thirties. <laughs> wow! 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 Well, you guys sound really you, you guys sound really youthful, right? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I know I know, I know you, you guys. You, look you know young. what? I wouldn't I wouldn't test that spirit. <laughs> well, well, let, 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 me, let me let me add to that, brother CC. I, I guess you're you're right to a large degree too, because uh, Solomon wow. says, "What a man thinketh, so is he." Right. <laughs> yeah, Amen. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna keep thinking young. Amen. There you go. All right. And, and what's on your heart? You have a uh, question uh, from the Word. Yes, I'm in. A, I'm, in a, I'm in the Book of Romans, chapter six, and I want to ask you something that the Apostle Paul had said to the Church of Rome that really caught my eye. Uh-huh. What's that? Um, it's Romans 6, 5. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and what you have your Bible there? Yes, I do. It's in front of me. Why don't you read that so the, the listening audience can know where we're going. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of of his resurrection. Right. This is a very good scripture. The word planted there, another word in the Greek that's a more uh, precise word would be united. United. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, 
certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So this is actually talking about that when you when you receive Christ, you are baptized spiritually into the body of Christ. It's something separate from uh, physical baptism. That's something that you do next. But so when we are spiritually baptized, we in in Christ at conversion, then we are united by faith in him. And so this baptism symbolizes uh, his death, burial, and his resurrection. So, and and then what happens from there, we start to uh, be uh, shapen by the Holy Spirit into the likeness of his resurrection. And so we are to walk in the light of that resurrection. So the likeness is uh, another form of the Greek word imago Dei, which is the image of God. So uh, when uh, Adam and Eve had sinned, their image was marred and uh, battered and affected. So Jesus came to help bring us back into the likeness, the Imago Dei, the way God originally intended it. So this is a tremendous scripture. And uh, when we are united in Christ, we're not only united in him in his death, but we are united in him in his resurrection. But it's a third point where we are to manifest that likeness in uh, walking in the light, not in the darkness. So we almost had a commercial break. Let me get your um, prayer request quickly, and hopefully that helped you too. You can help me out. help me out line. Yes. Uh, play, pray, pray for my brother Rosalinda again, and then pray for um, a family member who just had surgery and they're still having problems in their heart and, and, and um, a lot of other complications. And just pray, pray for me and my family. And then if you could lift up Will Smith, um, that would be appreciated. Uh, yeah, the actor, actor Will Smith and Tom Cruise. All righty, Brother Gary, can you lift us up and pray around that? Mm-hmm. So, Lord, we just lift up Brother CC tonight and his family, his mother, Rosalinda. We pray for Will Smith and Tom Cruise, Lord God that you, Lord God, would open their hearts to receive you, that you would bring people into their lives and speak truth into their lives. We know that Will Smith comes from a heritage of Christian faith. We know that he's been influenced not only by Hollywood, but so many other factors. But we just pray that the truth of what he heard as a child would uh, be stirred in his heart, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would touch him, as well as um, Tom Cruise. We just pray also for CeCe's friend who recently had uh, surgery that you would bring him to complete healing. We thank and praise you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, CeCe, for your call. God bless you. Thank you for knocking that home run in the name of Jesus. Amen, brother. God bless, brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. The number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 888 367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and give us a call. We want to hear from you. If you have questions or comments for us tonight, uh, if you need prayer, we want to pray with you. You heard a lot of great teachings tonight, and one of the most profound is the idea of the and the, the 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 idea that what are we being saved from? You know, we're not destined to go to hell, but if you continue on that path. And don't accept Jesus as your Savior. That's exactly where you're going. So we want to pray with you tonight. If you've never received Christ, we want to give you the opportunity to do so. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Barry, a pastor, lecture counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. 
again, want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. And we also want to encourage all of you to partner with us here financially uh, at Contending for the Faith. We need your prayers, and this is a listener-supported ministry, and we need your support continuously to remain on the air doing what we're doing, providing reasons and answers for faith, to providing great teaching uh, and insight into God's Word, and uh, being available for questions and especially being available for prayer. So we want to encourage you, be a part of our team through prayer, be a part of our team through your financial giving. There's two ways you can donate. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Go on your computer or your laptop, smartphone, tablet. Click on contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. You will keep this ministry on the air, and you will touch lives uh, and, and help people as they call in with their questions, their comments, their need for prayer, all of that great stuff. And uh, we just want to encourage you, partner with us today and be part of the Contending for the Faith team. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those encouraging words and challenging words. Uh, before we get to our caller callers again, I want to say something uh, very important that's a very heavy statement. Uh, this is something that uh, I ran across from Martin Luther, the Reformationist father. He says this, and I know you're going to be touched by this statement. Quote, God creates out of nothing. Therefore, until a man is nothing, God can make nothing out of him. (laughs) What a powerful statement. I'll say that one more time. Martin Luther, the great Reformationist father, once said, God creates out of nothing. Therefore, until a man is nothing, God can make nothing out of him. (laughs) Oh, what a word for all of us to uh, consider and live by. All right, Brother Gary, let's get to our next caller. And let me just quickly remind everyone next week, uh, Dr. Buckner and I will be out of the studio, but we will be bringing you the best of contending for the faith. So it won't be a live broadcast, but it'll be the best of. You'll be able to tune in and listen and get great teaching. And we'll be back in the studio live the following week, uh, January 25th. So we're going to go to our next caller, David. Welcome. Hello, David. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, doctor. Well, that's good. That's good. Glad you tuned in again. And what's on your heart tonight, my brother? Uh, what you said tonight is absolutely true. It's, it's sometimes... I don't get what some people be thinking, but God has made it so simple for us. You read the scripture, he tell you his way is so easy. A deaf man can hear, a blind man can see, and a dumb man can understand. I may not quote it right, but I know what he is saying. Basically, he's telling us we ain't got no excuse. Start reading, get yourself together, because he's trying to get you to that beautiful place. Now, if you can't understand that, and I see a lot of it today. It's just like when people said, start talking bad about Donald Trump. He never said he hated Mexicans. He didn't like the illegal activities, the evil ways that was coming here. 
But when they finished with his words, it all got he hated them. But no one took the time to find out what he really said. And the same thing goes back in the Bible. People not taking the time out to read the, the Lord, what he's telling us, because his way is so easy. That is... I just want you to pray for my wife, Lorraine, and my two babies, Megan and Morgan. Thank you very much. Well, that is so true. Thank you so much for those encouraging words. And uh, that's why he mentioned that he speaks to us, uh, you know, through the babes, the in parables and simplistic ways. So thank you for those encouraging words. And thank you always for your call. We're going to pray for your, your prayer request right now, Brother Gary. All right. We just thank you for David. Lord God, we thank you for... Uh, his insight. We know that, Lord God, you have called him unto yourself. We know that he's in your word. And we pray that you continue to open his heart and his mind to your teaching, to all truth by your spirit. We pray for his family, his wife, and his children, Lord God, that you would bless them, that you protect them, that you would keep them, and that you would be be there with them, Lord God, in every situation, Lord God, a hedge of protection and a wall of fire the enemy could not penetrate. We thank you for him. We ask you bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you, David, so thank much you for your call, much. and God bless you, and keep in contact with us. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You got it. All, All right. right. So we're going to go to uh, Brother Rick Weinstein. Brother Rick, how are you doing, my brother? I am blessed. How about yourself? Well, we are truly blessed, and thank you so much for your call. Let's get right to your question, so we'll give you some time. We have about four minutes left, but we want to give you enough time to ask your question. Let's get the point now. Well, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses uh, deny Jesus. And one of the ways they deny him, because uh, because they, they, Jesus is called Mighty God, but not God Almighty. So they deny him for that reason. And then they also deny the person of the Holy Spirit. How do we, uh, how do we, how do we counter that? That's a very good question. And you know what? I want to just add this to uh, this as well, that people need to understand when Jehovah's Witnesses say that in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was a God, we need to know that there is no indefinite article in Greek as a. So that is buried and squashed right away. Uh, So that's something just for some extra pointers. Now, uh, this is a good question that you're asking because the Jehovah's Witnesses, and this is the second question tonight about Jehovah's Witnesses, so uh, becoming a hot topic. Je- Jehovah's Witnesses say that from Isaiah 9 and 6 that Jesus, uh, it's referred to Jesus in prophecy as a mighty God. So they try to argue that in saying that he was a lesser God. Now, there's a problem with that from several fronts. Uh, number one uh, is that uh, when you say that he's a mighty God and Jehovah God is the almighty God, that is um, what we call um, uh, polytheism. That is a belief in more than one God, and God condemns that throughout the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. He condemns that, you know, and so we need to understand that. And then you remember Isaiah 43 and 10, it says, there was no God before me, neither shall there be after me. So God is not going to be a schizophrenic and say there is a mighty God and then, an, 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 and then a mighty God and almighty God. God doesn't operate that way. The second thing is this, that in Isaiah 9 and 6, 
uh, Jesus is called the mighty God. And then in the next chapter, Isaiah 10, 20, verses 20 through 22, the Father is called mighty God. Isn't that interesting? Why is that happening? This is something very important for the listeners to know, because it's good to have a, like a little working knowledge of Hebrew, that the word mighty God is synonymous with almighty God. You can't separate the mighty God from the almighty God because they are synonymous in Hebrew. <clears throat> but this is just interesting. Listen to this carefully. In Isaiah 9 and 6, Jesus is called mighty God. Isaiah 10, verses 20 through 22, the Father is called mighty God. And then when you get to uh, Romans 15 and verse 19, then the Holy Spirit is called mighty. It talks about through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the of the Spirit of God. So all anytime the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is referred to in mighty, it's a reference to them being almighty. And then you put it all together also with Luke 1 and 49, where Mary calls God mighty. And then you put it all together in Revelation 1 and 8, where it talks about the person who is, who was, and who is to come. Some scholars say that the who is is a reference to the Father, who was, reference to the Son, who is to come, a reference to the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and then it ends up saying Almighty God. So hopefully that helps out. Uh, We're going to try to squeeze in this other caller before we go, but hopefully that helped you out. No, very well. God bless. Thank you very much. God bless you, too. All right. Let's go to Jermaine real quick. Hey, Jermaine, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. I know uh, I got to be quick. So just uh, I was praying for God to kind of give me some clarity on the job I've been chasing. And I just kind of let let me know if the door is still open or closed. And I tried out a workout, a piece of workout equipment. I was curious about the question of scientists. He said that it, well, he had some ridiculous claims. So let me know I can go and demo it at a center. I went to demo it, and the uh, there was a series of reschedules and uh, rearranging of my schedule. And the short version is when I finally met the guy who who uh, rescheduled for me, we got to training together, and then he happened to mention that he was in the very field I wanted to get into, and he was also qualified throughout the state, and he could help me. So just just kind of wanted to share a story of encouragement and perseverance and how uh, God opens doors when they don't appear to be open. Uh, this man was in the very field that I wanted to get in, and now I have a new friend to help me out, and that was all thanks to the Lord. So, Well, you know what? That's that's uh, the way the Lord operates. He uh, opens up doors and he closes them. Let's have Gary to do a quick prayer for you around that, that God will continue to show you his will, and then we're going to have Gary to knock a home run in the name of Jesus. But thank you, Jermaine, for your call and your question. Yes, Lord, we just thank you for that divine appointment that you set up for Jermaine. We pray that you continue to bless him, strengthen him, and encourage him, and continue to guide and direct his steps, Lord God. Open doors that need to be opened and grant him favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, or an encouragement to us. So please, drop us a note 
And let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.